0: we are in first corinthians this morning now first corinthians what a book if uh, if you read eblast you know that it's really second corinthians because there's a there's a letter he refers to we don't have and then there's another letter he refers to in second corinthians about an earlier harsh letter he wrote them and we don't have that one either so there were four letters but we've got two don't panic if god wanted us to have the other two we would have the other two Sometimes we write things that God doesn't want to put on his social media page He didn't put everything Paul wrote. He put the things we needed First Corinthians if you read it you probably went. Oh my goodness. What a mess. Yeah It it was I want you to imagine for a moment that you're a minister who has options You're not one of those that is just I'll take a job any job You could go pretty much where you want to go. You can write your own ticket here And so one day you get a letter from a church trying to see if you will come be their preacher. And it goes something like, dear brother or sister, we need your help. Some of us remember you when you were here, and we still like you. Others, not so much. Still, we we would love for you to come be our preacher because things are terrible here, and they're at a breaking point. This congregation is divided into at least four quarreling groups who have zero respect for each other. One member, in fact, he never misses an assembly, uh, is living in open fornication with his stepmother, and it seems like pretty much the whole church is okay with it, and there's a section that's very proud of it. We have brothers and sisters to be honest, that are visiting prostitutes, and some of them have incorporated pagan elements of worship into the Christian worship as well. Oh, that's when they're not dragging each other into court. We hope that you're considering our church. (laughs) We do need to let you know that during the worship, the men and women have started almost competing teams about who can pray and out-shout and out-teach and Uh, each other it it is complete chaos it's a it's a confusing mess and we have the lord's supper we've really turned it into a competitive picnic some of the rich put on vast displays of wealth and gluttony and they won't even they won't share their stuff even with the members that are well literally starving uh right in front of their displays oh and did i mention some of the people aren't sure that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. But let's be honest, they're not sure anybody was ever resurrected from the dead. So, how would you like to be our preacher? I have a feeling that's an ad that's not going to get a lot of takers. Welcome to Corinth. Corinth was a city that was tailor-made to self-destruct. Everything was wrong with Corinth. In fact, the Romans had an expression. If you were out of control, they would say you were acting like a Corinthian. And now you're in Corinth. Ritual prostitution was there, debasing women, right alongside roles that elevated women in finance and international banking uh, as as it was at the time and even in building the, there's a there were women that were in charge of building some of the roman ships so you had women being debased and trafficked and women being elevated to high positions same town same town you had a, that international banking system and a tremendous love of logic and cool reasoned thought right beside a huge love of hedonism and hedonism just means go wild do whatever you want get drunk sleep with whatever you you, you can grab and uh just be crazy all the time right in the same place with the logic people the city was a complex mess and the church added to the complexity now let me explain uh i i got this second hand wasn't there but when some people uh, of our tribe went into northern ireland to establish a church in belfast and they just put up a little sign you know the church of christ meets here a lot of the people in the neighborhood were going so who are you then they would say well we're not catholics and we're not protestants we're just christians and you might think well that's good news in a place torn apart by catholics and protestants that is not the response they got the response they got was why would you make it even more complex we're fighting over religion here why would you enter a third player it'd be rather like some of you watching football yesterday and this team's playing that team and all of a sudden the third team enters the you know why would you do this this it it adds complexity to this not only that the church was mixed because a lot of the church came from traditional Rather stoic, very solemn, decently in an order, Jewish assemblies. While the others came from Corinth. And they were out of control. And they didn't know how to sit and be quiet in worship. They wanted to worship worship. It was, uh, try to think, you know, try to think of uh, a joint convention between the Amish and snake handlers. I've actually never been to a church that handled snakes while I was there. Uh, Had I been, I wouldn't have been long at all. I had a friend once, that was he said he went to a church and they opened up a box and started pulling out snakes. And he just turned to the person and he said, where is the back door? And they said, there isn't one. Uh, They probably said, ain't none, but there isn't one. And he leaned in and he said, where would you like one? Try to think of the mess here, or a high Episcopalian with a charismatic group. This, they're adding complexity. How are they gonna hold all this together? Can you imagine how difficult this is gonna be? If you're gonna ask them, how are you going to maintain your unity? I imagine they'd say, what in the world's unity? So you've read the letter, you've looked at the terrible city, what problem are you going to go after first? What's your triage here? Paul went for the problem of division. When I was a boy, I was taught by good-hearted Christian people who wanted to serve the Lord in good ways. Not making fun of these people or knocking them in any way. But I was taught by them that, that division was a duty. It was our job to divide. To find out if we, if you and I disagree about something, we can no longer walk together. And to call people out on disagreements. And many of you were raised in those churches as well. That is why it is such a shock to read First Corinthians and find out that division is not a duty. It's a sin. We're not allowed to separate. In fact, Paul looks at these people, this mess, and calls them brothers and sisters saints fellow laborers in the lord he doesn't call them out he doesn't name them and shame them he doesn't ridicule them he doesn't rail against them he humbly reaches out to them paul believes that division is ridiculous he believes that all human divisions are left in the waters of baptism if you're wondering if you're a visitor here why well, I'm pointing back this way we have a baptistry back here if you don't know what a baptistry is that's a church word it is a pool of water an artificial pool of water where we baptize we immerse people into Christ why do we do that well first of all because he told us to but second because it allows us to follow Jesus who was alive went into the grave and came out of the grave, resurrected, life again, and he calls us to the same life. And so he said, do that. Do that to remind yourself of who you are. And when we leave those waters of baptism, we leave all human loyalties behind. Oh, you can still like your favorite teams. You can still vote for people. But that's minor now compared to who you are in Christ. He warns the people plainly in this book, those who divide the church, quote, him shall God destroy. It's not a duty to divide. It's a sin. And in case you have any doubts about that division being a sin issue, let's review how God views it. We're not going to look at all these passages, we're going to look at some of them uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses t- verse 10, I appeal to you brothers and sisters in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Now I want to stop here because this is where legalists or externalists, whatever you want to call them, think they got gotcha. you. Oh, no divisions among us because we're all supposed to agree and think about the same. Well, yes and no. What we agree about is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He does not call us to agree about everything. If you notice, we're not all wearing the same clothes. So Star Trek is a myth. You ever notice that? It's always, we're wearing jumpsuits. Whose idea was that? They, uh, no, no, we, we chose Our hair is done in different ways. We watch different television programs, and some of you don't even have a television. Some of you drive a Chevy, a Ford. Listen, 10 years in Detroit, those were tribal lines. You had to be careful. Some of you are union, some of you are management. All of those things, we think differently about different things. In fact, we'll probably even go to different places and eat different food after this is over but we are united in Jesus Christ. Don't let anybody lie to you and say you've got to agree with them about everything doctrinally to be united. They're not the one who gets to decide. Jesus does. Let's look at the next one. By the way, people up there, if you're panicking, thinking, um, if he takes that long in all these verses, we're going to be here forever. No, no, no. We're, we're going to zip through these. It is condemned in the church. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, has informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. Again, he's condemning the divisions. Today, we might not say, I follow Cephas or I follow Paul, but sometimes we do have champions. You know, I like that publication, or I like that author, or I like, you know something? That's not the point. That's not a dividing point. Let it go. It's improper in the church. Um, He talks about that there are some parts of our body we don't want to present. And there are some parts we like to present. He says, if you divide, you're presenting improper parts. And Paul, by the way, said it a lot more harshly our translators try to christianize that a little bit paul could be rough in his language and he's saying it's improper it's out of place let's go to the next one it is contrary to the unity of christ paul likes to argue from the absurd sometimes he goes is christ divided was paul crucified for you were you baptized in the name of paul and yet how many Of us have also done this but we also see it social media or the like people throw away their Christianity to win their argument one of the easiest things in the world to do is to lose your Christianity in defense of your version of Christianity it's one of the easiest things to do we see it every day he says don't follow a person and lose Jesus Jesus is not divided We are not calling, in other words, Paul would say, for you to be united. We're calling for you to realize you already are. You're already united. The next one, division is proof of a worldly or sinful spirit. You're still worldly. How do you know that? Because there's still jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? That always gets me when somebody goes well I'm only human. O- only human? Humans are amazing. God created the heavens and the earth and we could talk about how big the solar system is not even the, not even the universe. All right let's do it. If the Sun were the size of an orange Pluto if we did this really to scale would be 500 yards away and the size of a proton. And that's our solar system. And there are billions of solar systems within our universe, rather within our cluster of part of the universe and galaxy. And there are so many more. And Jesus says, you are his crowning achievement. So Paul says, don't act like a mere human. You're not merely human. You're spirit now. You were baptized. Don't act like a mere human. Then look at the next one. It is it is contrary to God's desire for the church. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Look at this. He goes. If you want to fight about this, we don't have any other practice. Nor do the churches of God. We don't. We don't do that. We don't fight about this. Take a look. I'm I'm leaving Corinthians now. A couple of verses in John. A couple of places. Contrary to the prayer of Christ, in John 17, remember this, the night Jesus was betrayed and taken, to be beaten and mistreated, and he knew it was coming, he had a choice of subject material in his prayer, and he prayed for unity. Why, why not live today to be an answer to Jesus' prayer, rather than delaying the answer to Jesus' prayer? You have a choice. You can live and work so as to be an answer to Jesus' prayer, or you can live and work to delay the answer. Which side do you want to be on? Let's look at the last one in this list. John 10, 16. Whenever the, the, he was talking to Jewish people who thought they were the only ones, and he said, I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there'll be one flock and one shepherd. Wow. What would you think if you were sat down by your mom and dad and said, you need to know something. We got lots of other kids we never told you about. We love them just as much. Thanksgiving's going to be fun. (laughs) That's about what they felt like, because they felt they were the special ones, and they were. They were. But he's telling them, so are the other ones. And I like them too. And we're going to bring them all together. And when you bring them all together, that's going to be a mess. We're entering holiday time. Yay. No, really, I, I love it. I love it. Cammy, uh Cami's already got three trees up and decorated. Now, some of you won't like that because you like turkey more than you like the baby Jesus. And I'm sorry, but you're wrong. You're just wrong. She's all about it. But the thing about holidays which has always made me really kind of smile is the way we do them we we make you see people you've avoided all year that's a rule and then to make sure you can't escape we shut the stores and shut down everything and we make the, we have the holiday during the bad time of year so the weather's bad you can't even go outside get along Just like Jesus when he picked his apostles. I'm going to pick a zealot and pick the kind of people, Matthew, zealots killed. I'm going to pick independent business people and I'm going to pick these people. And he puts them all together and says, Get along. There's a wonderful parable in Scripture about the parable of the dragnet. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was thrown out there and dragged through the sea. When it comes to the shore, there are all kinds of creatures that live in the sea. And when the time the angels come, the day of judgment, they sort out who belongs in the net. Notice something: The fish never get to form committees. The fish never get to decide whether the other fish belongs in the net. Unity was purchased with Jesus' blood. Don't disrespect that. In Titus chapter three, verses 10 and 11. Those that are divisive are not allowed to teach in the church, period. Romans 16 and verse 17, those who are divisive were not even allowed to be friends with people who are divisive. Wow. Paul reminds the, the Corinthians rather, that their unity is now. It's a present reality. They've been baptized and that changes everything. You don't have to feel that it does. It does. It's kind of like gravity. You don't have to feel it. It's there anyway. You don't have to feel a fact for it to still be a fact. That our unity is based on Christ, not uniformity. We were never called to be uniform. We were called to be united. And then he reminds of something else. We're at war. And you'd better be united when you're at war. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Finally, he doesn't do this in Corinthians. He'll get there. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit, all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, keep alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. The truth is, we're at war, and when you're at war, other things should not matter. During the Iranian hostage crisis of the Carter years, a rescue attempt was launched. That that attempt had been planned by a newly formed group within the United States Army, a a group of special forces whose job it was to handle anti-terrorist issues only. They're known to most of us as Delta Force, although they've changed their name now, and they're not Delta anymore. They, um, and, and I know a name, but it's probably out of date too, so there's no reason to go on. point is this. They were ready. They were trained. This is why they were formed. And then the Air Force said, but we want to be involved. And the Navy said, but we want to be involved. And by the time it was all over, it wasn't Delta. It was Delta and a whole bunch of other groups who hadn't trained for it, didn't have the equipment for it, but because all of them insisted, we're going to do it too, it failed miserably. Crashes, deaths in the desert. No hostage freed. Because they couldn't, they forgot, we're at war here. This is not the time to say, no, I got my feelings hurt because I wasn't allowed to play. When you're at war, other things don't matter. If, if people kick in my front door and come in with axes and guns and Cammie and I run out the backyard and we're running away, I'm not going to turn to her and say, don't think, I forgot our discussion about how you fold laundry, little lady. <laughs> we're at war at that stage. Laundry is not an issue. And we're at war against the devil. What song we sing is not an issue. The way we pray is not an issue. Who we pick to, to teach a Bible class is not an issue. The, the paint in a, in a building, that's not an issue. We're at war here. Be serious about it or you're going to lose it. Let's be, faith, let's just, let's be honest. We've been losing. We've been losing court decisions. We've been losing the culture. Why? Because we forgot we were at war people if the Huns are in the parking lot and Isis is walking up the front steps we're probably not going to be discussing is it okay to have the Lord's Supper on a Tuesday we will ne- and we're not going to even say all right let's all fight well not you I don't like you no right now you're my buddy <laughs> in fact I'd like to honor you by letting you out in front of me um, <laughs> The rest of us will, let, let it, will add to the honor by pointing to you. No. Do you understand what I mean? The church at Corinth didn't realize they were at war. They thought they were at war with each other and that's what God wanted. God never wants us to be at war with each other. So Paul gives us the key in 1 Corinthians 2 in verses 1 and 2. So it was with me, brothers and sisters. In other words, He was an outsider. When I came to you, I did not come with the eloquence of hu- or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. While I was, for I was resolved, watch this, to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why do we read Paul to find all kinds of church laws when his, he said, all I know is Jesus Christ and him crucified? He's our unity. He's the key. Our our unity is based entirely upon the question that Jesus asked the apostles Who do you say I am? Those who answer, You are the Christ, the Son of God, we are already united with them. We don't have to fight for that unity. All we have to do is live it, live the reality. Take a look at verse, uh, same chapter, verse four, then we're gonna skip down to verses nine and 10. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, Paul and I have that in common, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, not there yet. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these, are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit the Spirit searches all things even the deep things of God what did the Spirit find in the deep things of God God is love love one another they'll know you my, you are my followers by your love I, I had to study a lot of diseases I'm not an MD at all <laughs> don't come to me with medical questions I like that but i know an awful lot about diseases because that was part of the study that we had to do autoimmune diseases in particular an autoimmune disease is when your body gets confused and thinks part of you is the anemone and attacks it like rheumatoid arthritis it begins to attack a joint or allergies which i, I may have to define that since you live in middle tennessee where there are none Actually, where well, there's so much the norm you may not realize that those people don't talk like that half the year. Um, allergies is when your, your body starts attacking something so much that it hurts the body. You know, peanuts won't kill you unless you're allergic to them. Uh, but the, the point is Peanut is, is, is really harmless, but your body, if you're allergic to peanuts, looks at it and goes, oh no, we must fight this to the death. That's not healthy. Don't be an allergy. Most churches have autoimmune diseases. Most churches that I've gone to, to talk to and work with, by the way, and I've been part of them, I have caused some of the problems too. I know that. I'm ashamed of it, but I know it you will find members who attack or complain or withhold their love or withhold their giving because they're angry or they're hurt and they are autoimmune diseases that paralyze the church the very church jesus died to save they paralyze i would suggest that's not a good battle plan don't go against god don't be an allergy don't attack each other and stay in a constant state of crisis Instead, rejoice in your unity. Love one another. And remember, our enemy is the devil, not us. The mission field is the world. And those around you who also agree that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, are your allies, not your enemies. If you'll stand, we're going to read this last scripture. And then Mark will sing, have, lead, he won't sing alone. Yeah, don't sing with him. No, no, uh, sing with him, and then we'll be dismissed. Can we put that up, please? The eye cannot say, this is talking about us being, using a metaphor as, as members of a body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Once you think about that for a minute, if you've got a migraine, and you, somebody walks up, and how are you doing? You say, I've got a migraine, and they say, well, how are your feet? Your feet are good? Doesn't make a lot of sense. The Bible says we are all parts of God's body. Don't say to God, I love you, but I don't like part of that body. No, we are one, and we rejoice in the unity, our God has already given us. Amen.